When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Play on this. You see how the sausage is made. That's right. Sausage is packed. Hello Egg Chasers, it's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. We're here in the Rugby Dungeon, all in Stade Francais jerseys at the moment, <laughs> which you would be able to see if you were watching on uh, YouTube. Which two people are, hello to you, Already? random two people, yeah, wow. yeah they're all, well, oh, and they've all gone. Um, oh, <laughs> no, 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 someone is there, they just said evening lads, evening to you too. They, they were just uh, they were just waiting to, adju- they were just think, wondering if they needed to adjust their uh, colour yeah. levels with the jerseys that we're wearing that's JB by the way hello Tim wearing a pink Stade Francais jersey yep circa what when they were good when they were good Phil's wearing a very recent Stade Francais jersey when they jersey. won the title after they were bad and then got good again Jonathan Dancy vintage, yes right? yeah. yeah and I'm wearing the I'm wearing the one with all the people on it yeah yeah that's, the, so, that's possibly my favourite one do you know that when James do you and James Haskell described this podcast as three ba- three virgins in a basement this was what he was referring to. <laughs> this exact behaviour. Dressing yeah. up in the same tops. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whoops. Right, so you're going to get two podcasts in your feed. And we're going to release them... Oh, 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 sorry. That's, oh, that's, that's what's coming in a minute. We're going to release them both simultaneously. Yeah, so, so you can decide what you want to listen to. So this podcast is going to be about domestic rugby matters uh, and all of the rugby that's been going on this weekend second podcast the other podcast which you'll find in your feed and if you hit subscribe you'll just get both downloaded automatically is going to be about the world league and other hot button issues that have been breaking in the last week yes indeed um now i want to revisit something which we did a few few weeks ago in the quiz remember our quiz a few weeks ago which one yeah, the exactly. england wales one no oh, sorry the, the one where tim gave an answer which might be the most ridiculous answer in the world which was uh, who did the it's like who did the Crusaders play on play on their tour? It's like the Sharks. It was like the Sharks, the Jaguars, and Tim said the Am- the Anzacs. Oh yeah, do you remember that? Yeah. yeah. Well, I've been doing some research and I found the last Anzacs game and I bought it in for you. It was um, 1989. Wow! <laughs> Here you go, mate. This is a, <laughs> so VH- is a VHS. A VHS of the Lions Tour of Australia, 1989. And what I'm proposing wow. is that we have a little group watch of this at some point. Maybe do an extra podcast of us watching when the lam- when the Anzacs last pe- last played a game. Do you have a VHS player? Well, no. <laughs> so my parents have a VHS player set up to a 
50-inch LCD TV. What? Yeah, they do. For what purpose? I'd, just in case. Just to watch the 1989 <laughs> British and Irish Lions tour. Well, I think I, I genuinely think it's not been used for about five years, but they've always set it up on whatever TV they've got. <laughs> I think just in case they ever want to go back and watch Chad. So, yeah, we could... What were they watching? Ra- railway children? Something like that. <laughs> or maybe some very early uh, game tape of me as a young lad. <laughs> yeah, there he goes. Uh, running or Running time... Over a hundred minutes. I was going to say, if it's if it's your dad's video collection, you just there's some there's a couple of websites we can introduce him to. Um, uh, oh, interview in- <laughs> includes exclusive interview with Finley Calder. Uh, three selected highlights from all three tests. I love that they're going includes an interview with. Like, yeah. come on. Oh, sorry. I'm going to. Can I just play this so I can put? Yeah, my phone you are away. very trigger happy, oh, yes, Tim. Okay, so to, I thought to start this podcast, uh, me and Phil, you might remember a little while back, well, we all, three of us, had a bit of a giggle and a laugh at, at local BBC radio rugby commentary. Oh, uh, yeah. Yes. The, the Because we've every, every, every now and again, we found ourselves stuck in a car, and the only way to listen to rugby is uh, is on the on the wireless. And the one observation we made, that local radio commentary quite often is one person trying to do the commentary... And one other person paying no attention to the person doing the commentary, just shouting. <laughs> it's like they've invited a fan. Uh, well, have a listen to the end of the game in uh, Ashton Gate on Friday night from BBC Bristol. But it's Glossus secure the ball at the line-out. And Bristol driving them forward, making it very difficult. Glossus going nowhere at the moment. That's brilliant, lads. Keep smashing it back. Keep smashing it. by Bristol. Oh, superb play by Bristol. But I think the ball's going to come back out. I can't see the ball. I don't think the referee... Yes! <laughs> Partial, independent coverage. Yeah. I don't mind that one bit for the record. I think that's great. Uh, yeah, I love it. I think it's absolutely yeah. sensational. What's the, where's the other guy gone? Oh, there he is. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. Does that mean Bristol beat Saracens? Bristol beat Gloucester? No, but Gloucester beat Saracens. Yeah. Oh, that means... So they, Bristol have beat a They're team. The English champions, aren't they? Bristol have beat a team who have beaten the English oh, champions, beat- twice oh. European champions... And and the team that also beat the the previous English champions. So uh, that's, that's quite something. So that's Bristol are now Dean Ryan logic. Twice, yeah, twice European champions and have won the Premiership for the last four years. No, because Exeter won it. Didn't they? It's not yeah, bad. They beat Gloucester beat Exeter two weeks ago. Oh yeah, there you go. Well, it's not bad for a team who were in the Championship. Not bad. Year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, there that, you go. That was a great way to start the rugby weekend. That match. It was. Brilliant. A brilliant spectacle if you were a neutral. If you're a Bristol fan, it would have been incredibly nerve-wracking at, at times, but an amazing out, outcome. They're an amazing team. They're, so, I was tearing my hair out at times because... So they scored They scored a couple of great tries. The Andy Uren try was a superb where, try. Where is he from? Is he not a local lad? I, I thought he was local, but then I thought he might be... Australian or something. And well, you, Uren, I don't know. And Uren. And what about the other lad? Um, Randall. Harry, Ran- uh, Harry Randall's Randall. a local boy. But he, was at, he was at Gloucester at some point, they referred to. Who, so, Randall? Yeah. So I thought Randall was very young. Am I wrong in this? Yeah, yes, yeah. Randall's young. Yeah, he, he's very Ed, young. Eddie Jones mentioned him in a press conference recently yeah. about a, a future England nine. Well, yeah, funny enough, that's exactly where I was going to go next, which is I think he's bloody brilliant. But he's very small. 
They're bo- they're both very good. God, Randall's listed at seventy two kg. Uh, yeah, that's small. I can that's, think that's that's tiny actually. Uh, it's ten kg lighter than me. What's uh, your is... what's your snatch PB? Oh, I've never never about done snatch. I would say <laughs> I've I've done like a sixty kg, but I've never I've never practiced it. You, you could snatch Harry Randall. Yeah, <laughs> make him play for Talk H. <laughs> snatch him up. Snatch him up. <laughs> that is very um, light. Yeah, well, they've got good scrum half options because. Euron and Randall are playing really well. And Sturzaka, who came in from Rebels, Melbourne Rebels, is a very handy player as well, and he's not getting any game time. Mm. So, yeah, Bristol, they've got some brilliant tries. They seem to make the game more and more interesting because every time they scored a try or a penalty, Gloucester would kick off, Bristol would receive the ball in their own 22, and they would immediately, instead of playing a nice, safe exit strategy they would immediately start playing out of their own 22 and inevitably fumble the ball knock on concede territory or give the ball away just to pile pressure back on themselves yeah so it's sort of like my steve diamond theory <laughs> uh, every, everything le- links back to either burgess or diamond, or diamond yeah, yeah, in fine. your case yeah. yeah so my steve diamond theory is you know not everyone can be um Rob Baxter, and if we all try to be Rob Baxter, we're just going to be 5% worse than Rob Baxter. So if you're not going to do that, you may as well be Steve Diamond and be completely the opposite. And that's kind of what I think about Bristol, which is, uh, you know, it's the Steve Diamond theory of playing rugby. Not that Steve Diamond would in- endorse this theory for the record, but just do it completely differently because everyone does an exit strategy. Yeah. So you kick off, they receive, they'll play one phase towards the touchline, you don't want to play in They'll form sticks. a caterpillar ruck that yeah. takes 15 seconds, yeah. then do a box kick that, that gets maybe a territorial gain of six metres. Exactly. And then that's the exit strategy, and everyone pats each other on the back, and that's great. But they're prepared for that, because they've probably got either a return strategy, or they've got a strike line out, or they've got something going for them. So I have no problem with this, you know, inviting pressure on yourself, you know, and just carry on playing. If that's how you believe you can win games, that's how you should do it. It's kind of a sort of money-balling tactics rather than plays, isn't it? exactly. So I had another theory, right, that you should have two teams of analysts. Not one analyst, not one team of analysts, two teams. Two teams of analysts. Uh, Two teams. Wouldn't you be in your salary cap as well? Correct. Exactly. Yeah, so you can spend what you like. So the first team of analysts, right, look at um, all the stats from the year just gone to build your strategy. yeah. Okay? Because... Because that's what they do. They, they look at all, you know, they look at everything. And then you come to the next season with a new strategy. The problem is everybody has done the set and looked at the same stats and probably got the same strategy. So then you get your second team of analysts to analyse what the first team of analysts have done and come up with the <laughs> second year's strategy to play the next year. The, the, bit, the ultimate end game of this is Elon Musk decides that Tesla cars aren't the future and working out how to break the rules of rugby is uh, then you just need someone like that. Yeah, exactly. Me, me. (laughs) Someone who's going to shift the paradigm. Exactly. Uh, Sorry, do you have anything um, constructive to say about this game, anyone? I was just very... I was all round very impressed with Bristol. Yeah. I thought, other than making it very nervous for themselves, they played very, very well. They controlled the game against what is a very, very good Gloucester team. And a Gloucester team that have deservedly and rightfully beaten Saracens at Exeter in the last two weeks and are right up there for the top four places, for for playoff places. And this is a vital, vital win for yeah. Bristol. 
And Gloucester, I mean, it's hard to stress actually how much I rate Gloucester this year. I think they're very good. They've got a lot of depth. I mean, their back row depth is superb. Their midfield depth is superb. But is it Gloucester's year this year? I don't know. Well, how can they win this? Thing? I think they can win it. You know, I do. I think they can. I think they'll get to the playoffs, and then yeah, I think I think they could win it. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely confident that they're going to get to the playoffs. They're currently in fourth. They're six points ahead of Wasps. Um, they will they will reach the playoffs. Yeah, and they can they can they go away and beat Exeter or Saracens? Well, yes is the answer. So they have done it. They've done it once. I don't think they'll fear either of these teams. No, it'd be. I mean, if they could get a top two place, which is very difficult, and I think they, probably will, they will not get a top two yeah. place. They're seventeen points off a top two place right now. Wow. Yeah, I would. Um, yeah, that's so that's probably not happening. Yeah, that, um, it is not happening with seven games to go. Kings Home yeah. would be a formidable place to have a semi final if, if they could get it together properly. Uh, just a few things on Gloucester, though. Uh, I think Willie Hines might be as important as Cipriani. So it was... I think that was a big contributing factor to them losing, actually. Because mm. uh, Cipriani's amazing. I might have um, mentioned this multiple times, but he is amazing. Uh, but Willie Hines makes the, whole, makes the whole thing tick. And I think when... Uh, what's his name? The young lad com- comes really? on. It's just not good enough yet. He's just not quite there. Everything he seems to do, it just doesn't quite work. Like, he, I think he even had a... Did he have a, a pass intercepted from... A scrum. I think he did, actually. He went to pass the ball from a scrum. That must be got, a laboured pass. And, and got intercepted by the opposition line. Yeah, it was a disrupted scrum, wasn't it? Yeah, like his first pass. And I just think like, I think he's got talent. And I think he's a good player, but he's just not there yet. Uh, you know, the, the drop-off between Hines and him is huge. So, yeah, on Gloucester, I think that we should jump from that game to just talking about what's going on at the bottom of the table, because that's where some of the real interesting action was this year. As you say, there's a, there's a bit of separation between the top two and the rest. Mm, there's, there a big, there's a big blob in the middle that you can yeah. chuck, chuck a net over about seven teams. It's fantastic. Well, yeah, fourth down to ninth. Sailing now on the same oh, points as Tigers. Uh, yeah, fourth to ninth, there's two points in it. Wow. So Wasps, 36, Northampton and Bath, 35, and Sale and Leicester, 34. So had Worcester won today, they could legitimately have been talking about top six yeah they think one one more win assuming the the five teams above them all didn't win but one more win they would have been in the top six wow they were one win away so had they won you were there today tim yeah and i think the first thing to say about this is i can understand uh, people feeling that ring fencing might be necessary however today as we record this uh, i've just come from a full house at Kingston Park watching 11th versus 12th in a game that had everything on the line mm. you want ring fencing you're going to get a empty Kingston Park damp squib of a match nothing to entertain you, you. well we might be looking at the Pro 14 right I mean well, that would yeah, probably be what we're looking at yeah if, yeah. if, if, you, if you're going 13th v 14th in the, in the Pro 14 then yeah this is, this is what you're this is what you're talking about. So th- there are choices and there are consequences and you have to think very, very carefully before you just say, ring fencing. Mm, so there, I'm a ring fencer. It's in, it is inter- interesting because I don't think either way is perfect. And had that have been a um, a ring-fenced equivalent game, 12th versus 11th, you might have seen more guys like 
um, how the winger, more young English guys, guys instead of the likes of uh, Matavesi or Huhard or Bryce Heem, instead of those kind of big money players, instead of someone like Bentio, I know he didn't play, or Vent- Francois Venter, you might have seen Ollie Lawrence start in that game instead of Francois Venter. So it might have been short-term worse, but long-term potentially better. Yeah, but then potentially better, are they really... What what sort of level of game are you giving a guy like Ollie Lawrence in that? Because do they really care if they win or lose? Well, everyone, really? everyone always cares of if course, you win, of course, win or lose. Of course you care if, if you win If you're or a lose. professional sportsman, you yes, always care. of course. But like realistically, there's not... Like the way that Newcastle played from minute one, it was like, oh... It meant everything. They, yeah. they, they recognise how important this is. Yeah, because I think the difference is, in terms of mindset, if you're a professional, I think you can switch off. I mean, you want to win the game. Everyone wants to win the game. But you can switch off and say, yeah, look, we're rebuilding this and the other. Yeah. When there's relegation line, it's a humiliation. It's a it's a personal humiliation. I, I've been in relegated teams, and it's bloody dreadful. Like, well, yeah, I, I think Toby Flood has not had a great season, but he was smashing people. He was he he hit I can't remember who it was um it might have been Johnny Williams or whoever it was he hit one of the Newcastle uh, uh, one of the no sorry that was his own teammate anyway he hit one of the the Worcester players so hard that the, the that they spilt the ball he he was down on the floor and won a turnover I've not seen Toby Flood like that and that's Toby Flood yeah, yeah. exactly that's mild mannered yeah. milk toast. Uh, Toby Flood, yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's a good point. It's exactly what relegation makes people do, or the threat There's, of it, I should say. I, I'm not. I could, I could go either way. On yeah, this. yeah. I think, I think there are there are benefits to both, and there are disadvantages of both. Yeah. Um, well, I, I quite yeah. like the system you've got. The the problem, I what I don't like is the kind of boom and bust, and having you kind of, well, yeah, teams losing a load of their stars, then having to bring in twenty stars to. 20 stars in inverted commas to to feel like they need to stay up it's only yeah, yeah. The, the 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 way that people are spending their money i mean there are choices and consequences there and i mean for example yeah. what we're hearing what we understand for example despite the clubs being told don't just splash your cbc money on players what did they, what? we we from what we can tell that's uh, that's being completely ignored well, they go to the salary cap mind you maybe they won't put spin up to the salary cap but what did they expect to happen? I wonder. Uh, long-term investment? Yeah, <laughs> unlikely. <laughs> unlikely. They're going to spend it on players because that's exactly you know that's what they do. Yeah. The, the whole thing about Premiership rugby is it somebody somebody somewhere it's their vanity project and so it sh- so it should be. So as soon as they get the money, they're going to spend it on players. That's what they're going to do. So this brings Newcastle up. It was only a. Four point win, not a bonus point win, yep. but importantly, Worcester didn't get anything out of the game. Yeah, so it puts Newcastle still in twelfth, but in, on twenty one points now, five points off Worcester who are on twenty six, and they are in turn four points off Bristol who are on thirty. Newcastle's four home games; they have four home games out of seven. Wow, their four home games are winnable. Uh, excuse me. That's no, all right. You're taking your stud jersey off. Yeah. Too hot. It's so hot. It? it is warm. You, you made it? me wear the tight one as well. I know. I can wear the bloody tight. <laughs> I could have been nice and comfy in that. Look at the mess I'm in. Um, <laughs> so there was another. Given how tight the table is, there was another potential basement battle, and had Leicester Tigers not scraped through by the skin of their teeth, 
in a very close and disrupted game for injury, uh, they would have been level on points for Bristol. Mm. They they are in ninth place on thirty four, but only thanks to that disallowed last minute try in the uh, in the Wasps game. That uh, that's horrible to watch. I wouldn't have given it though. Would you not have given it? No. Well, so given the question that was asked, mm-hmm. it shouldn't have been given. Yeah. But I think I would have liked to see JP Doyle in a different position that would have allowed him to ask a different question. And had that question have been any reason I cannot award the try, it would have been given. Look, there was definitely a position JP Doyle could have got into to see that ball being grounded. But that wouldn't have been the position he should be in. I think he actually. I actually disagree. So, okay, go on. Because you were so close to the left-hand touchline, the position that he was in was identical to the position that the linesman was in. So just to describe this, if, if you haven't seen it, I suppose, uh, B-E-L-O, replacement prop for Wasps. Did he play at Worcester last year? Yeah. Yeah, didn't he? He's been to France and now he's back at Wasps. Oh. Uh, he, he did a pick and go, going left from a breakdown from a, from a, a metre out, took the initial hit of the tackle, kept going, reached for the line, appeared to score it, but not, but grounding wasn't visible by any camera. J.P. Doyle was stood immediately behind him. He, no, J.P. Doyle was to the, in oh, front so, of him to the left-hand so, side. So, left, so, so, so he was further past yeah, where he so was there was coming a, from. There was a player as um, Ali Ayo? Uh, B. Allo. Allo. As Allo hit the deck, there was a Leicester player to his left-hand side. Behind the Leicester player was J.P. Doyle and behind J.P. Doyle was the, the linesman. Yeah. Judge. So, I think J.P. Doyle was direct... He had exactly the same view as the touch judge. So if, if J.P. Doyle had been further round to the right-hand side, he would have given the try or at least asked a different question. So if I, if I was a Wasps fan, I would be very frustrated. Um, I think as a neutral, probably that try being given and then missing the conversion and a 19-all draw, that was probably what the game deserved. If you're a Leicester fan, you'll be delighted because... The number of injuries that Leicester had, and I mean the, the back line, they lost two scrum halves. They had Jonah Holmes playing nine for most of the second half, and they had Will Evans out on the wing yeah. with uh, George Worth playing outside centre. It was a, an absolute ragtag back line, but beautifully guided by um, Joe Ford. Mm. Joe Ford ha- played really well. Had a man of the match performance, yeah. des- deserved man of the match, yeah, uh, in. A real misfit backline. Yeah. I actually second thought half. him and Carl Eastman played very, very well, particularly at the start of the game. So, uh, just on that try, yeah. Yes, I understand why, given the view that JP Doyle had, he couldn't give it and ask the question he asked, and there weren't, there was no camera view. Unfortunately, just due to the, I mean, how how many times would you see? Not one of the cameras being able to see a grounding. Just yeah, really, and, and really it looked like such a click because Willie Larue, who is yeah. five yards away, jumped up in the air. The Leicester players looked like they knew that looked yeah. like they were acting like it, it hadn't, I th- I think it hadn't been a, a try. A dozen people who have seen that clearly hit the line. Clearly hit the line, and but like, if if Willie Larue can see it, I mean, it, just, it seems very unfortunate. That there's not a single camera. I mean, how many it cameras is. do you have? Like six or something. So I, I mean. Because they kept going to only two shots, which I was surprised at. It must be a shot from the other end of the field. Yeah. 4K, mm. you can zoom in and in and yeah. in and in. It, I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't know. Obviously, JP Doyle, if he's seen nothing, he can't therefore say 
So, or, so or can he? Can he just sort of, in the weight of probability, say that looks good, but I've not seen it? Yeah. So, well, any I reason why not to award the try? That's the, that's question. the question. So it comes down to that question, and I think if you'd have asked the other question, so, so could he have legitimately, legitimately asked that question? Yeah, but by the way, that should I, always I be the question. Have, I think he could have legitimately asked that question. But he's not asking the question as well. But again, this goes back to... I'm, I was a little bit confused. This is one thing I completely forgot. This is one thing I was confused. Why is JP Doyle asking the TMO? I thought we'd had a situation where the referees are making the decision and assisted by the TMO if they want. Yeah, well... The TMOs are basically look, just a, a video. If JP Doyle can't see that ball, right? Because he, he could look at the big screen JP Doyle himself, couldn't he? That's yeah, and he, yeah cool. he did, and they were talking yes. it through, yeah. in fairness. I, I, I think, I think he, given all the camera shots, given where he was, and I, I think for 90% of tries, that's exactly where he should be. So on the balance of, of, of probability, he should be doing exactly what he did. Just unfortunate. Just unfortunate. And, I, and even though I say it's unfortunate, I still don't know if it's, if it, if it's been scored now. No one knows, yeah. except for the Wasp players. So I, he Wasp is right. And a load of the Leicester players. Well, yeah, so he's right. It was a. I mean, we yes, don't know, do we? I, we, we don't, we're, no, we don't. We I'm don't very know. confident it was yeah. scored. It, it wouldn't cast. It, w- it wouldn't pass in a. You couldn't convict someone of a crime on that evidence. Thankfully, or, or thank God. Thank, yeah, <laughs> but but come on, a jury would go try. Would they? I, yeah, not, you, not, you, not if I'm on that da- uh, <laughs> damn jury. There's not reasonable, I, I, reasonable doubt, I don't know. I would have given it. I've, I am confident that, that a try was well, scored. Well, I was gutted for what? Of course, that's what Rugby League do. The great game of Rugby League. Our, our sister code. Reasonable go, doubt. They're not just go upstairs to Steve-O. Yeah, Steve-O. Steve-O, did you enjoy that? I did. <laughs> no, what, what, what do they call it? It's a try. The benefit of the doubt try. <laughs> As if it should be worth four points. Uh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> It is worth four points. Oh, yeah, yeah but, three yeah, points. Yeah, three points. <laughs> Better of the doubt. You get a point not knocked off because you can't be sure. Now, with all of Leicester's troubles in this game and the, the number of injuries I've already listed, Wasps should have won this. Oh, yeah. And they have a couple of things to contribute to them losing it. One, their discipline was atrocious at times. They, I think they had a few harsh dis- decisions against them, but they, they, gave, they gave away 15 penalties, not all of which were half. Some of them were just stupid, like, Ashley Johnson um, binding, then rebinding, then taking the man at the back of a mall mm. out and just giving him stupid. That is like, so. I mean, that is a real coach killer. That. Yeah, it's horrible. And, there's, a, there's a few things I really that really. Oh, sorry, I know you were in your flow. There no, for, no. Just go. on that one, there's a few things that just bug me about the game at the minute. I, I understand it's just using the law and it's fine, but that whole players holding onto one player and. Making their way around to the back of a mall. No, it's fine. And then, and then the second a ref calls mall, just collapsing, collapsing it as best they can. No, I, I like all that stuff because yeah. it's technical. You've got to get. If there's laws of the game, it's you for you as a coach and you as a player to get around those laws. Well, the, so, the, the collapsing a mall, I would get rid of because the second refs go mall and then. Poof. Oh, but it's, if you're a mauling player, it's tremendous. I mean, I love to set up a mall and then and then collapse. Uh, on it and then you know, but the other side of that is I also love to coach the, uh, the lads to work to the floor and roll and not get caught in caught in malls so yeah I don't mind I don't mind many law changes providing that you know you can coach around them and also same with the defensive mall stuff where you kind of bind you don't change your bind and you find your way around well you know you've just got to, got to, got to make sure that you've got a way around that yeah I know it's I a know. coaching point I know it was interesting just uh, very briefly it was Wayne Barnes uh, at Kingston Park, and re- re- to really praise a referee, it was the first time I've heard a referee mention the act of just getting three players in a line 
and just moving the ball back, back, back before they do a box kick. Oh. We, did he well, say he use it? Did he have a word with him and say, look, if I tell you to use it, was that in the... Yes. He said at one point, I think he said it to Newcastle at one point, he said, look... Yeah, he did, it was Newcastle. When, when, I, when, I when I call use it, if you start messing around at the back of the mall, getting more players in, that, that, that should, that's the time you're using up. He didn't, he didn't then enforce it and call a scrum when Huhard and Takalua were both doing it. Yeah. But at least it's on the referee's radars. Yeah. yeah. I think they need to start enforcing that because the, the law is as soon as it's available at the back, the ref five should... Seconds. Well, the ref calls use it and then it's five seconds. Or if you're Nigel Owens, you call... Hughes. Um So all the refs need to do is just earlier call use use it because that's, it just takes away that whole thing. And the the... The law was changed, uh, variated, in order to stop this caterpillaring um, that we are seeing again and again and again that's slowing the game down. Yeah. Um, so you were right in the middle of saying, yeah, wasps have themselves oh, to blame, 100%. Yeah. On penalties and just missing opportunities, getting in great positions and knocking on, having the ball turned over. Now, yeah, We talked didn't we, early on in the season about wasps' injury crisis. Um, I take it part of the injured crew would be... At- Anthony Watson, Mark, uh, Marcus Watson. Previously, yes. And well, and just Gabby every, every third game, Marcus Watson's been injured. He, he can't stay fit. He for... was dynamite. Yeah, he was amazing. Absolute dynamite. That try was superb. When Jonah Holmes offers him the outside, oh yeah, I'll take it. Cheers, thank, bye. thank you. <laughs> um, they, they, they've got a couple of bad injuries in uh, their two tens, Searle and Sapwanga, and their third ten, Jimmy Gopeth, and their fourth ten. Uh, Rob Miller. <laughs> well, he He's played a little team. bit, yeah. He did all right. He, no, he didn't do too badly. Uh, it still baffles me, not baffles me, it still surprises me when I say Rob Miller, ex-premiership top try scorer. God. Uh, got top try scorer in sale before um, Wasp paid him like a top try scorer. Paid him like a top try scorer. Played him like a reserve, reserve, reserve. Yeah, yeah. well, he was a reserve as soon as he... I think he had one season as a starter, but... Events just caught well, up with him. Did he even have that? Because he had Pietau, Kirtley Beale, and Willie yeah. LaRue yeah, all he in his position. Before Pietau showed up. Oh. I mean, that, that, three of the best fullbacks in the world. I, mean, I wonder if he'd have made the same place. move now. I mean, I'm sure he would have moved himself. But I wonder if he would have moved knowing how much talent he has. I'm sure he's on England's radar at, at one point. In fact, he was. He went to England camp. Yeah. Uh, if he knew Wasps were going to throw as much money as they have at all the, the time at his position. Yeah. I, I think he would have done things differently. Let's talk about another moment in the game. Um, and I I think this is worthy of conversation. A lot of people think this is seem to think this is cut and dried, but Joe Ford scored a try, which I, under the under the law, I have an issue with. At li- in it, and what I'll say, at least with that is, at least I have an issue with it because it's being refereed and interpreted differently game to game to game to game to game because the law is not clear. So Joe Ford had lovely, lovely break and capped off a, a nice little break and a step with a try. He did so by placing the ball down, losing the ball from his hand as he was doing so, but remaining in contact with it with the very tip of his third <laughs> finger. Yeah, as the ball, his ring finger, as the ball, as the ball touched the ground. Now, in rugby league, hundred percent, that's a try every time. Mm. because the benefit of the doubt and all the rest of it and the laws that they have, that's what it is. Rugby Union, the the, the laws for scoring a try says 
Go on. What are you doing, Jay? Oh, nothing, just filming. Okay. The law for scoring a try says... <laughs> glad Voyeur. See, glad to see your focus. Uh, <laughs> says that you have to be holding the ball with your hand or hands or your arm or your arms. Now, so, yeah, that's that's a movable feast. And I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Joe Ford was not holding the ball. He definitely was not holding the ball. So I'm okay with it being called a try if every time it's called a try. However... This is one simple way that the law could just be made black and white more so because he's not holding the ball. And the law says you must be holding the ball. So I'm looking at uh, standard laws 21 in goal, ground in the ball. And it's the ball can be grounded in goal by holding it and touching the ground with it. Yep. Or or by pressing down with it. If that that's... so So... The first one you said is if you're carrying the ball. The second one you said is if the ball is loose. Well, so it doesn't. It yeah. doesn't. Well, that, no, but that it doesn't is it. see. Yeah, but it doesn't seem to differentiate. So th- these these are the words. Okay. It doesn't, as far as I can tell. But this is so. This it's interesting because that is that's twenty one in goal ground in the ball. If you go to law eight scoring, sorry, a try. Are so, you getting are you getting these confused, Tim? No, Joe Ford did score. He did. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, that's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe, Joe Ford. It was, it? it was allowed. Yeah. yeah. He was given the try. Yeah. Oh, Oluwafeo. Fella. Was it last week or the week before? Uh, I can't I'm remember. I'm sure it was a few weeks ago. Like. A, few, a few weeks back, Fella had a try which was disallowed yeah. and it was exactly like Joe Ford's, which is my point. As long as they're all done the same way, I'm fine. Ben, yeah. Sorry, yes. go on. Yeah, so uh, 8.2A. Uh, a try scored when an attacking player is first to ground the ball in an opponent's in goal and then you jump to 21-1A. By holding it and touching it, touching the ground with it, so that, or by pressing down on it with a hand or hand, arm or arms, yeah. or the front of a player's body from yeah. waist to neck. So what, what you just so what you just said is either by one holding it. So basically, the point one is if you're the ball carrier. The second one is if if the ball is loose. So I'm not sure. So yes. it's it's in- that, that is what it is. That that, that but is it, it, that that might be an interpretation. That's not it's not specific to say that. I I think that's a logical interpretation, but it doesn't yeah. specifically say that. Well, it says either by holding it or by touching it down. By pressing down on it, on it with hand or hands. You, cause, yeah. yeah. But then, but, so Joe Ford, so I guess the, the difference in this will come, and virtually every time on the second one, 21.1b, virtually every time that would occur, the ball would have to be on the ground. Yeah. In this scenario, we've got, he was holding it. He has not knocked it on. Is a key bit in this because had he have lost control, had he have had it have not been touching his hand at all times, it would have been a knock on. Because if there's separation and then the ball hits the floor, unless it goes backwards, which it didn't, it would be a knock on. In which case, mm-hmm. none of them count. Right. And this is a kind of it's a very unusual example of twenty one point one b, but I still think it falls under twenty one point one b. Where he's remained in contact, even though he's not even holding with, it, even though it's with the the very tip yes. of his finger. So, I mean, it could be made simpler because at the point <laughs> I made, Jordan Oluwafele a few weeks ago, try was disallowed. Try, try was disallowed. Yeah, and, we, and, I, and wrongfully disallowed. Ro- I, I think probably on, on, I in those metrics, it's wrongfully disallowed. It? That's, that's it. Really, people hate, and it's not hard to sort that out, is it? I no, mean, there's a lot no. of areas which are very. Uh, how long's a piece of string? Loads of grey areas. This is pretty simple to sort out. 
It, should, it the should be. The only other example of something like this I can think of is the NFL catch rule, <laughs> which is so pedantic. Like, you have to catch the ball. I can't remember the wording, but it's something like, and then control the ball throughout the entire process of the catch. So if you catch Until it, you're, you're grounded. No, or, and you've sort of got to stand up. Like, this ball could not be moving. It, cannot, it can't dislodge itself. You've got to catch it, go to ground, and if anything happens to that ball, even remotely... Uh, it's like, nope, not a catch. And you've got to go through it frame by frame by frame. So whereas I do like the consistency, the idea that you have a, you know, a rule which can be enforced, but you have to go to TMO for that sort of scrutiny, I don't know. And I think the problem you've got is to have any concise set of words to capture every single potential thing. Because the, the Oliver fella and, and the Joe Ford, the Oliver fella more... They are unusual scenarios, they're, and they're very difficult to articulate in in a concise sentence or two. Yes, this constitutes a try. Well, you could simply say you have to be holding it or have maintained some contact with the ball until it's yeah. until it's in contact with and the that, ground. That's probably the bit that's missing. That's in the this. bit that's missing, and that and that covers and that covers Oliver Feller. It covers Joe yeah. Ford. It means we're not talking about it, and it means in the World Cup final. There's no issue that a team's going to get knocked out because yeah. one referee interprets it maybe, one way and one interprets it another way. Maybe you're right. Maybe if if you don't continue to hold it the whole time, you must at least remain in contact with it with a part of your body that can score the try. Yeah, and I think that probably does clear it up. You're right. And mm. there, there you go. We solve one problem for world rugby. <laughs> Listen to our <laughs> other podcast, and we'll solve some we'll solve some more exactly. problems for world rugby. Trailblazing. Who seem like they need some help at the minute. Anyway. Yes. Sorry, that was a bit of a little geeky detour, but no, it's it's quite good to understand that uh, the, the differences in grounding. Cell Cell Sharks played rugby this weekend. They did. They lost. But did we all predict a Cell win? Uh, yeah, Steve Parrott did uh, get in touch with us yeah. on Twitter and said, uh, Thank, "Thanks, Steve. Whatever, Steve." We asked, for, well, we asked for some questions, and he said, "What were your predictions for uh, <laughs> Sale v Exeter?" Tell you what, there was um, uh, it was a it's a tricky game. I mean, Exeter won because they were a better team. And they did the basics well. Sale had, I mean, they were uh, a world class try by a world class scrum, scrum half, Will Cliff. <laughs> um, it, it was it's absolutely a good break. brilliant. Great uh, break by f- friend of the pod. Yeah, I mean, Byron. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, the break was it the break from Byron or was it from Byron through the middle? It was the assist definitely from Byron. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think that might have been the nicest try of the weekend. Absolutely wonderful. But, but some of the other things that they were doing were just bizarre. I just, I'm just going to take. Well, I think we've missed one key thing from about before, Byron before, No, before we depart, Will Cliff, the Wasps, Leicester. Game. Oh, sorry, Jack Willis. He's uh, back. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? Looking really good for a guy that's just back. You look very good, mind you. When do rugby players get time to be fully fit, fully conditioned? Do all their weights properly, and not often. Yeah, you know, it's no. My, didn't Lawrence Lido come back like twenty percent stronger or something? Now, no further questions asked. <laughs> but, you know, you do get time to really work on you know things you don't that's get to work. That's on. why I was injured so much. Exactly, spend all that time has, in the gym. Has Jack Willis's hairline gone even further down his forehead? He's, he goes, he's very <laughs> Stephen Gerrard, isn't it? Stephen Gerrard and Jack Willis have got the same hairline. Or Mike Williams? Yeah, Mike Williams, Williams yes. is a good one. Yeah. Right, so. Is there any chance, this is one question we've been asked a few times, what do you think the chances of Jack Willis as a World Cup bolter? Huge, huge, he's a great player. Potential, it's a, it's an interesting well, that, question. It, it's not, 
It's chance for a world a world cup world cup spot. Well, world cup spot. I think is the world cup spot. Then uh, well, okay. Well, yeah. that's a different question. Uh, less <laughs> less so than a world cup bolter. I think he's got a good chance of being considered a world cup bolter. I think he's got less of a chance of being a world cup spot. But and it, he can definitely do it. It's a difficult position, so he's not got a lot of time. No, he's got seven games uh, plus any in Europe, which Wasp don't have. Um, I think if he was a legitimate number eight option, I, I think if That's what a, I was gonna say. a legitimate number eight option presents themselves, they've got a shout, which, I is, think, yeah. which is why the uni rig, Alex Dombrant, we can come on to him in a bit. Well, yeah. is Jack Clifford fit? In he's and out. playing in and out. Because I tell you what, that's he's not my, playing great. That would be though. my guess who gets the bolter spot. No. I know Eddie Jones likes him. I know he gives Eddie, him flexibility across yeah. the back. Yeah, three. Eddie Jones does like him. Was, Clifford for me. I was gonna no. I was gonna say the guys that have been in the England squad, Vunapola and Hughes at eight, Curry Underhill seven, uh Wilson six. Six we, slash eight. Six slash eight. You've got uh, Shields, Rob Shaw, Bench Curry, uh um Jack Clifford, and all of those have been involved before Jack Willis, who was it in an, he was going to tour South Africa though. Yeah, he was yeah. named in the summer squad. And then he did his knee. And he did his knee. Was it against Sale actually? No, it was against Saracens in the semi final. You're right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um and so yeah I, Mike Rhodes, did you mention? Michael Rhodes has been involved. He has as been well. involved in at least one squad. And I like Michael Ted Rhodes Hill. a lot. Uh, and Ted Hill got a cap. Yeah. Ted Hill's good. He's really good. Yeah, but no, anyway. I mean, there's so many good he young... Will be, he uh, will be good. I think, you know, I think he is good. I think he's good now. I think he's one of uh, Worcester's better players. Oh, that, that, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely not, one of Worcester's better I'm players. Not, I'm not I that. think he's one of the better but, players but, in one of the bottom two teams in, 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 yeah. in the country. I agree again. Is he one of England's best players? I don't know. No. Uh, well, not so yet. here's a question to, for you to mull over. What would New Zealand do in this situation? Because they have a similar... Well, they have lots of these situations where they just have... More talent than they can shake a stick at. So look at their fly-half situation. They had Sapuanga, they had uh, Barrett, they had... Cruden. Cruden. Um, Slade, Slade, if you go further back. Yeah, uh, there's another one that I'm missing. I can't remember at the moment. Anyway, there's lots of them. That's yeah. my point. And those, uh, yeah, and those are the, only the guys that, that got caps. There is an element of what New Zealand do. Is, yeah, well, you can have a cap, you can have a cap, you can have a cap. But they decide early on who who is going to be the guy regardless and then discard everyone else. And I wonder if England needs to do that and say, is it going to be Willis? Is it going to be Underhill? Is it going to be Kerry Wright? Everyone else can go to France. <laughs> well, here's another linked question. Rob Shaw's chances of getting back in. Which, since we're on the Willis tip, you've basically got a guy in Willis who is huge potential in the future. You've got a guy that Rob Shaw, who's got a huge amount of experience in the past. <laughs> They're both fine players right now. Do I want a man, right? Okay, so here's the question. Do I want a man, okay, who is an A... I'd rate him as, say, an A. Not an A+, plus, but an A. A good player, a good man, a good leader. Do I want him coming in to play a World Cup with all of the mental fragility, skeletons in the cl- in the closet, and ghosts that he has about, about the last World Cup. No, 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 I don't. I mean, I can just see, uh, as much as I res- like respect the guy, I can just see it not working out too well for him. Get someone with a fresh face in there who, you know, sort of like Matt Tate in the, in the, what was it, the final where he, where, he, like, where he scored. He didn't score, but you know, just, just not try that kind of guy. I've noticed, I'd rather go with him I've than no, Rob Shaw. I've noticed quite a lot of this, a lot of it on Twitter actually. Which what? Is, <laughs> <laughs> been hanging out in the cesspit. 
Um, yeah, I've, I've noticed quite a bit of... There's a lot of football-esque chat going on in the world of rugby at Is the minute. Is there? Yeah, well, for one thing... I only hang around with nice people on, on Twitter, so I didn't I mean, see this. I, I, I've already, I've already <laughs> sold... <laughs> I've seen your Twitter, JV. Yeah. <laughs> I've already solved one issue with, with Cocker's Law, which is you can't just say every time someone has a good game, they should be in the England yeah. squad, unless you're willing to say the player <laughs> you, know, you drop. Do you know what Logan's Law is? This, <laughs> this is a legitimate thing. What's that? Logan's Law is something which we have on our group. Logan's Law is basically people are stupid. <laughs> so when someone does something wrong, it's like, yep, that is Logan's Law. What's that? Yeah, yeah, a demonstration st- of Logan's Law. Yep, stupid. People yeah. are stupid. It's a good law. <laughs> uh, so I've already sorted that one out. And I can't remember what I was going Oh, yeah. There's a lot of people... D- you see it in football all the time. There's this... Just because someone's young, they... Uh, someone young has a good game is... Means their game somehow, perception-wise, was better than a slightly older player having a good game. Yes. Do you understand is, what I mean? Absolutely, yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. It's, it's almost like a, an equation. It's, he, like, it's like, like you can have two players that have play the same quality... If one's a young guy, that that, no. that that performance was incredible. So, Tim, you've done something here. Okay, you, you've misunderstood the human condition. When you see an older player play, you look at the player he is. When you see a young player play, you look at the player he yes. could be. Well, I, I and I understand that, but we've got a World Cup in September, not in September twenty twenty. What could he be by September? <laughs> <laughs> there, there is also to that to that rule. There is uh, there's something funny that goes up on at the top end as well. So, like. Scalp Brits at 37 who had a great game yeah. for the Bulls. Yeah, you're right. People rave about that. If he was a kind of 28-year-old player, no one would really care. If he was a 21-year-old player, people would go crazy over him. Yeah. And at 37, people would go crazy over him. And well, Simon a- Shaw, a third test of the Lions. Yeah. Yes, you're right. One yeah. of the great performances. And there's, there's there's something else which is not, not exactly the same, but similar where, say, Owen, Parrell, Owen Farrell's pass in, in Dublin yes. kind of when it was like, Oh, that's, I don't really like Owen Farrell, so I'm not going to make a big deal of that. Had Bowden Barrett done that pass? Had Danny oh, Cipriani done that player. pass? Had yeah. Sippers done that pass? C- what Sippers a pass. would have been the most. Finn yeah. Russell, it would have been incredible. Yeah. That, that for me, is one of the all-time best passes. What? The Farrell one? That Farrell one. Get a grip. No that, way. That is <laughs> no, no, no. The best, the best. It's it's one of the all-time one, best. One of the, I don't think it makes the top ten. I've not got a top ten on, to mind. But it's so far the fa- below the, the Finn fa- Russell pass. The fact that it is, the one key difference from the Finn Russell was, or two key differences here. So, number one, it was inches away from Keith Hills. It was millimetres. You, you look at the Finn Russell pass mm. to Hugh Jones, not an England player in 10 yards. Number two, the, the Finn Russell to the Hugh Jones, that is a phenomenal pass as well. All, one of the all-time greats. It is the all-time so, great. So I'm that, go with. that has a three, four second hang time. So you've got a lot of time for Hugh Jones to adjust his line slightly, slow down, speed up, move in, move out. But he's a full tilt. The Owen, yeah. But you've also got you've got time to to just where it's going to land. The Owen Farrell pass was a second less than a second because it was ten fifteen yards, absolute bullet pass within an inch of Keith Earls. I would say the Finn Russell pass is better than the. then the Manning pass to hit Knicks in the Super Bowl. That's how good that pass was. Because he led him to where he wanted to be. Like, uh, Hugh Jones... Is, is the not... Knicks one the one on the helmet? No, that no. is the... Um, I want to say, oh, it's not Burris, that's Plessis. No, no, not him. Who was that guy? Oh, I can't, it doesn't matter anyway. I yeah. know the one you... <laughs> I'm sure it's H- H- uh, Hakeem Nix, the guy with 
extra, extra, extra large hands. Uh, and he catches it just kind of right on right on the sideline, one-handed. Incre- incre- incredible pass and incredible catch. Um, so back to Chris Robshaw. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say. Oh, so so in, in summary, in summary, just because someone's young, don't overlook Chris Robshaw. The guy is and play- amazing. Has been playing brilliant. He's playing well. He's only been back for a few games. And I would have I would have Robshaw over Clifford. I would I would have Robshaw over Shields. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. I'd have, I'd have Mark Wilson as my number one choice six right now, though. 100%. Yeah. I agree with all that. Um, just on Rob Shaw, this is how I think about it. Who is he likely to be playing against? So, you know, who is the best six in the in the world at the moment? Uh, uh, who have we got? Omani's a contender. Yeah. Omani's very um, good, actually. Um, Pocock or Hooper? Pocock or Hooper, yeah. If one of them plays six. Um, New Zealand will be interesting because it'll be... Shannon Frizzell or Khaleesi will be South Africa's Yeah, six. Khaleesi, yeah. So I think, like, would you trust Rob Shaw to best or any of them? Vea Fafita. Or even, v- be, or even be competitive, and I'm not... He's very different to a lot of them. Yeah, I'm what, not sure. what I like about Rob Shaw is he's very much like Wilson. He just... He just works. He's got a huge engine and just I don't know, works. yeah, but do you know what his problem is? What? Not northern enough, he doesn't have that grit. <laughs> <laughs> and Mark Wilson has that in spades. Um, he does something Robshaw does have much better than Wilson is his offloading distributing game. Who cares? He's a six. He's, and, he's and you could, always, you could always go win a fight. His link play. And, and also, if you have all the players in the squad, if uh, if say Wilson, Wilson gets injured, you could just put Underhill to six. Still, link play is very important. Link maybe. play is not that important. Win, link play is very important. Win, win your rocks, beat people up, threaten people. You know, win those <laughs> like Omani. Do you ever see Omani running around trying to you know link play? He's there to do you know intimidate people, rough them up. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Bit. What do you know? What, just briefly, as we were hanging out in the in the Twitter cesspit, let's. Uh, did you notice one little conversation between a, a couple of prominent rugby characters? In fact, there's a couple of these. First one, ooh, ooh, uh, Ross Harris. Well, we'll just turn this R- Ross Harris, nice guy. Was just letting people know where. Yeah, you, where, completely innocuous tweet. Completely innocuous tweet. He was working on the Pro 14, and just, <laughs> yeah. and just said, "Hey guys." If you want to come watch some Pro 14 games, and he mentioned a couple of Welsh regions that were playing, it's on. To which, did you, I mean, I don't know whether he'd been, he'd had a couple yeah. to drink, but... We've all been tweeting after a couple. Jiffy, John, oh, yeah, gone. Uh, Jiffy replied with, uh, no one's watching FFS. Stop the BS. And I've, you know... I don't understand this. There must be something else going on. I mean, this is why everyone hates world rugby, isn't it? 
including even some Welsh people, because of the politics behind it. You know, I have no idea what that relates to, but it's obviously deeply personal and matters deeply to someone in Wales, and probably a handful of them, and they all hate each other for it. So I don't know. And more to the point, I don't care. Well, yeah, it is interesting that, that even a very, very prominent Welshman is absolutely hammering the domestic Welsh league, yeah. the domestic Welsh matches. <laughs> Did you see a tweet that I put out the the other week? <laughs> I, 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 oh, here we are. I'm, I'm, I'm actually bounced. Was, it, was it about Jeremy Corbyn? <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was about um, it's about how much I love um, the old two thousand early two thousands comedy Father Ted, and how similar uh, BBC Welsh coverage is. <laughs> like they've got their like they've, they've got was it the Welsh lang- language coverage. It is Father Ted esque. It's identical. <laughs> It seemed to me like he was having a pop at Ross Harris. Like, why are you? Why are you no. telling? Why are you telling people that game's on? Nobody's watching. Stop the stop the BS. It's like, well, hold on. Everybody's got to earn a living. I am pretty sure there's more to this, and the reason I say that is, I am. Do you think he was overlooked for a gig with him? I don't know with Premier Sports, but I do know that he's mentioned the viewing figures before, and I don't know why. And that's why I say I think there's more to it, and that there's obviously something bubbling under the surface of Welsh rugby. Well, there's lots of things bubbling under the surface of Welsh rugby. But, uh, hold on, hold on. So you're suggesting that, that Jonathan Davis is concerned about Welsh rugby here and not about no, himself? No, that's what I mean. Or... Yeah, there is something else going on in there, and I don't know what it is. Like, he's not happy about Premier Sport doing something, or you know, there is something else. There's, this is part of a bigger feud, and I, don't, I can't tell you exactly what it is. Definitely. I thought it was a bit harsh anyway. Yeah, it's, it's, everyone's got to earn a living. And everyone... yeah. Well, talking of Twitter feuds, um, I, I, I saw my, uh, my friend Stephen Jones was at, uh, was at the sale game. Oh, yeah. Did you have a chat with him? I didn't. Uh, we, um, we locked eyes. I waved at him, but I had to play for Sock H. So I literally went in, interviewed Chris Ashton, and then ran off. Ran, ran, off. ran away. Ran away like with a coward. Tail between your legs. Yeah. Where, where are you going? I'm running from Steve Jones. Uh, he wrote up a very favourable report about um, Sale. Egg chasers? Uh, not about egg chasers, <laughs> not about JB, <laughs> not about the rugby dungeon, about Sale. Oh, good, good, In good, the rugby good. paper. Uh, no, in the time, sorry. Rugby paper. Mm. Excellent. Um, the second Twitter f- feud? You got two of them? Well, uh, it, you're conflicted here, aren't it, you? It, your mates. Well, no, I'm, I'm not conflicted. I just, I, it's, it was actually done. No, do you know what, actually, to be fair... What, this was not the Twitter cesspit. This oh. was this was two people on Twitter actually having different opinions, <gasps> acknowledging, but, but acknowledging each other's opinions and 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 politely disagreeing. And this it, there should be more of of this. Ooh. And that was uh, Andy Good Nugo Monier talking about Carl Sinclair. Andy Good uh, sort of let rip at Carl Sinclair a little bit in the wake of the Wales game, saying that he wrote an article. He wrote an article, right? And I actually don't think the headline, the editor of the article, did mu- did Goody much of a favour with the headline. But the article was fine. Yeah, the article was fine. That, that quite often the people writing stories. Well, no, it's, it's usually not the person writing the story writing the headline. Which, uh, yeah, the headline was a bit of a. It made it appear like a hatchet job on Carl Sinclair, but. Anyway, they disagreed, and that was nice. Good. More of that, please. <laughs> Excellent. Well, um, right. Oh, so are we going to mention WRU and the region stuff here? Or, no, or we'll do it in the, the, in the, in the next other, podcast. In the next right. pod. Fine. Uh, so, so, hang on. We've, we have missed some games. We have. We missed Bathquins. Missed miss Bathquins. Saracens, Northampton. Yep. Saracen pressing the reset button again. Yep. Uh, oh, that's De- actually Death, weird. taxes... 
and the Saracens getting over losing a game by absolutely walloping Northampton Saints. Yes. Yeah, but Lewis Ludlam scored a good try and on his debut as captain, which is nice. Yeah, another good young back row. Yeah, seven. And he's playing really, really well. He is. Uh, they had a bit of a nightmare in Northampton because their third choice 10, or whatever he may, may be, pulled out last minute, which meant one of the centres had to go to 10, which means that the fullback had to go to 13. Oh. No, the fullback went to 10. Furbank went to 10. That's right, yeah. RC Tuala, who is a fullback, came um, off the wing. Yeah. So, yeah, they had all, so- all sorts of issues. But, yeah, it, it feels and like, it, it even was... though they've lost, sort of good things are happening there. It's, it, this is an interesting one because I think Northampton, there is there are some positives. Um, Lewis Ludlam is a good player, but they, they won't take too many positives out of this. It, it, so it was 36-17. It was six tries to two. Um, Saracens missed four out of six conversions, and, and I was which gonna, didn't help the scoreline. Yeah, and, and I was going to say, I was going to say, if that was Wasps, you'd have been absolutely ripping into Wasps. Different, it's completely different. <laughs> it, you would, and, you and, would have, and, you would have been. Um, also, you, you wouldn't have been saying, "Oh, well, you know, they're doing some good things." You'd have been like, "They conceded no, six no, tries. I, they I just said it was a pathetic performance." No, no, yeah, well, uh, yeah, okay. So I said at the start of the season when Wasps were, were, were bad, I actually prefer the Wasps team being bad when they've got their own kids in there. Uh, people like or pick guys from the championship. Yeah, guys from the championship, guys that they're giving a chance to. When I didn't like wasps, is when they just spend lots of money and still lose. You know, uh, at least Northampton are giving lots of lots of lads an opportunity, and some will, some will uh, swim, some will sink. And you know, the champions winning again at home—that's not a big story. Yeah, the the story is probably that um, Northampton actually won the second half. Did they? It was, it was five tries to nil in the first half. Not a good first half for Northampton. No, it's not. It was two tries to one in the second half. Yeah, uh, there's a few other questions and stuff we've been asked. So I could just rattle through a couple yeah, of these. Yeah, go for it. Um, how, can we talk about Benetton, please? Your beloved Benetton. Benetton well, beat beat Edinburgh and Edinburgh. Be- yeah, and your beloved Ulster. Bonus well. point away win against Dragons. Uh, <laughs> bonus point. Ah, uh, right. They just snuck in the fourth try. Only just got a bonus point away win in a in terrible conditions at Dragons. Yeah. So so. It's, it's very tight at near the top of uh, Pro 14 Conference B. So I'm pretty sure that Treviso, or Benetton, whichever one, whichever one you want to call them, I think they're definitely going to make the playoffs. I think they are definitely going to make the playoffs, which would be astounding. It would be an astounding achievement. So it is, it is tight there. So Leinster, with four games to go, have already guaranteed a home semi-final. They are twenty-two point. <laughs> they're twenty-two points clear at the top. Yeah. But then Benetton are on fifty, Ulster on forty-nine, Scarlets winners a couple of years ago forty-five, and Edinburgh on yeah. forty-two. So we drew. We drew. We. <laughs> yeah. Against. Put, put on Ulster. your Benetton shirt. We beat. We beat Scarlets. We beat in Edinburgh. But we beat everyone, except for Leinster. So it's top three, right? Top three of both pools. Gonna happen. It's gonna happen. We're, I'm gonna single-handedly turn this benefit. So, who, so if if they finish top three, who will who, way, who will they have finished above in their pool? Sorry, uh, I just need to point well, this out. Uh, Leinster, twenty-two points ahead. Okay, ben, Benetton's point difference. They're second, plus fifty-three. Respectable. Um, Leinster's point points difference, plus two hundred and fifty. Uh, uh, higher. It's, or lower? It's, it's higher. Oh, do, do you know it? I do know it. I, I know it's higher. Yeah. 
320. Oh, Plus 320. It's because you've got three teams in the, the two conferences. Yeah, yeah, Zebra, uh, minus 304. Southern Kings, minus 264. And Dragons, minus so, 220. Tell me, so if... But I just want to judge that I, I, I'm not denying it's it will be a great achievement if they get the qualifi- uh, if they qualify for the playoffs. But I just want, actually want to qualify Ooh. that it will be a phenomenal achievement. Who will they be above if they well, do manage that? Certainly two of Ulster, Scarlets and Edinburgh... They'll be uh, yeah. ahead of two of those three, and they are, I, yeah, they yeah, are yeah, yeah. genuine teams, genuine quality teams, uh, and two of Southern Kings and Dragons. So they'll be above two good teams. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, and above it's, two, it's, it's not guaranteed for Benetton teams. yet, but yeah. that that win given them a real boost because it, it was a six pointer because they've now created an eight point gap uh, away from Edinburgh. Yeah. So my view on this is. Um, Conor O'Shea is coming in for a lot of stick for Italy but it's a big old oil tanker to turn yeah, around absolutely and this might be the green shoots that they're looking for now I don't know if they're connected and I am reluctant to say well done Conor O'Shea because he's lost a lot of games and also do you, do you know who the head coach is at Benetton? well I was going to say he is appointed by Conor, by Conor O'Shea yeah. Uh, I, don't, I can't remember the guy's name now. Yeah. Right. Because he, he should probably get a fair bit of credit. That's, that's yeah. exactly what I'm saying. So uh, before we go, well done, Conor O'Shea. Uh, I, I don't want to do that because obviously uh, it'd be a little bit harsh on the coaches yeah. and the players that, that are actually having to go out and do this. But by all accounts, it, the, the, it's inextricably linked. Yeah. The, the, and the so, you know, it's just great work. Uh, and we will definitely be mentioning Italy and the fact that they are ranked 15th. Yeah, in yes. the world. Oh, and in also, our other podcast. But hang on, can mm. we mention this as, as well? And I think this has been overlooked massively. Uh, Treviso looked pretty sold out, but more importantly, it's a good place to go for just, a few Negronis. Just up the road from Vienna. Um, I don't know if we'd get Venice, away with. Venice. Get, oh, sorry, Venice. I don't know if we get away with going to Venice and not with no. my wives in tow. I. It's a dangerous one. That well, we wouldn't need to tell them. We're yeah, going, yeah, don't we're, tell them we're actually going, going to, to Venice. Record the pod. Just going to watch. Going to record the pod. Going to Treviso. Treviso, aren't we? Just say yeah. Treviso, Treviso. Don't say Venice. Tell them we're going to watch a domestic game of rugby somewhere in Europe. I missed a flight once because I got on the wrong train in Italy from Verona, and we were meant to go the opposite way, uh, and end up in Venice. And it was not until we got to Venice CF that I realised, oh my god, I made a horrible mistake. Missed my flight, and it cost me God knows how much in tickets to get back, and then more in tickets to get the get, get the next. Uh, Fly B plane, horrific. Mm. Well, you've uh, uh, you made up for it by us by you waking up, fortunately, in Rome <laughs> for fifty minutes before our flight left. Home alone too. It's tw- happened again. Twenty five miles away from the airport <laughs> and making it right. So, um, a- another question that's come in um, for uh, regard relating to Joe Simpson's kick to the head of. Sam oh, Harrison. Yeah, that was an interesting in, one. In, in the Wasp Leicester game, and it's more a technical point. So the, the ball was loose. Sam Harrison was diving on the ball. Joe Simpson was looking to fly hack it, kicked him in the head. Uh, the tweet that came in said, I believe it was an accident, as JP Doyle ruled. Yep. It's still reckless, though. The, yeah. the, the commentators praised JP Doyle on the application of common sense, but that shouldn't matter. Intent has no place in rulings. That is correct. In terms of contact with the head. Our very astute listener knows his, uh, knows his onions, and he is correct. That that may well be true, but I don't want to see that yellow carded or even penalised. And I agree with that, but I also agree with the listener, which is it was reckless, and by letter of the law he should go, and maybe if we're asking for consistency in grounding rules, we need consistency in kicking in the head rules. It's interesting, because J.P. Doyle actually used the word reckless. 
Did he? But he said it wasn't reckless. He said there's no intent and it wasn't reckless. If he kicks one in the head, it's what, reckless. What, isn't he, it? he was saying the ball was yeah. the, the ball was free, and so he's legitimately allowed to try and kick it. It just so happens that at the exact moment he would have made contact with the ball, Sam Harrison had dived onto the ball. Mm. Yeah. Uh, now the thing about this is, yes, yeah, Sam Harris got contact to the head. Was he concussed? Did he fail an HIA? Yes. Or it wasn't one of those situations where you override the HIA and say he got contact with the head, get him off. Well, no, I think he failed the HIA. Did he? He, he mm. certainly didn't come back on. No, he didn't come back on. I know I, that much. I just want to say, well done, JP Doyle. And I know it may well be contrary to the, quote, letter of the law, but this is what it's about because that is a rugby incident. Let the boys play. Uh, so I, I am actually okay with that being a rugby incident. Fine. I think I think it's I think it is very different to go. So a high shot where you don't use your arms, you go in and the player ducks last second, you hit them in the head. That is a different to me. It looks like a different kind of reckless Look, to if, this. If I know, I may sound a bit stupid, but yeah, yeah. If, I'm okay with that being a rugby ta- incident. If, if, if the guy is tackling another guy and he falls awkwardly and he gets. Uh, hit in the head by the flick of a heel as someone's running forward. That is a complete accident. That is rugby incident. Nothing yeah. can happen. He's going to fly hack a ball. And you can see that there's a player oh, nearby. Oh, no, he can't. He's fly hacking a ball that's in midair. Yeah, but you can still see what's in front of you. I mean, oh, otherwise, come on. Where's he going to aim the ball to? Come on. Um, I, um, you don't actually mean what you're saying. No, I'm happy how it panned out, but I'm saying if you want to avoid like the, the conversation we had at the start of the pod, which about consistency and inconsistency, there needs to be a certain amount of consistency. And there'll be an incident like this in the future where the guy does get a red card. And I'm just saying that is where your inconsistency inconsistent comes from. There's been incidents in the past where guys have had red cards. Like when, like, when, like when George North yeah. was, he- yeah. head-butted Nathan Hughes's shin. Yeah. yeah. One of the... Yeah. Yeah, one of the worst... Uh, one of the uh, less good incidents. In yes, Russia. but you're not going... The point is you're not going to change any behaviour by sending off Nathan Hughes or by sending off Joe Simpson. Sometimes in a, in a rough game like rugby, accidents happen but and I, that's okay. I hate to say this. And that's okay. I hate to say this. I thought the, thought, I thought the same about the high challenge in the air, but actually that has changed behaviour. Yeah, that is a m- far more common than this. Yes. This, this but is, it, there it, are t- two I can think of in the last But three it years. has changed behaviour though. You yeah, yeah, agree that, with that? yeah, but that is something that happens five times a game, mm. not twice in three years. Yep. No, I'm fine with it. I'm, I'm fine with it. And if, that okay, a, cool. if that's the standard uh, which is going to be dished up from that one, I'm fine with that too. Uh, a bit of lower league news as well. Tony Greenaway tweeted us at Rugby Podcast and said he was watching a game on Saturday in Nath- National 2 North where a player was sin bin for swearing at a touch judge. But the touch judge had, <laughs> had, uh, had just previously sworn at that player. <laughs> uh, nice. <laughs> that is inconsistent. Yeah. That is inconsistent. There were more uh, battle yeah, cards for both of them. Allegedly. Alle- yeah. They say there were more. There's more than one scandal in uh, lower league rugby th- uh, this week. If you want to talk, talk, talk about that. Yeah. Does it Why involve Talk H? No, it involves um, involves another club which you're oh, involved in. Yeah, yeah. Very disappointing news coming out of uh, London Scottish who've. Uh, He's decided to replace their extremely p- promising young coach next Talented season, who's, who's, who's done a really good job at taking them from eleventh to uh, like looking to like mid, solidly mid table, nowhere near to relegation. Fair, to, to be fair, I wouldn't say the quality of coaching there is as good as say Jersey. I mean, Jersey must be the gold standard for you know, rugby played and how they coach and how they play. Wouldn't you agree? Well, actually, the the the, the head coach at London Scottish um, was the guy that masterminded. Brought, was, what was the guy that brought through um, the? The guy that's gone on to become 
spotted, identified, and de- and developed the guy that's now the attack coach at Jersey. And a he, very promising coach. He also masterminded. And, and masterminded the only victory of any championship side, London, London Irish included, uh, in Jersey in the mm. last year. Mm. Um, but no, London Scottish in their wisdom are uh, are going for a guy that's... Um, they will look back at this decision in the same way that Bath looked back at their Gary Gold, Gold decision. It will not age well. No, it will not age well. So um, uh, I'm sure Nick Rouse, no doubt, is going to have a, a promising future at his next club. Exactly right. He's already got two good jobs under his belt. Um, what else? What else? Is there anything? So we didn't mention, or we've not yet mentioned, the Bath-Harlequins game, mm-hmm. which was Bath snatching... Uh, defeat from the jaws of victory. Is again. this for like the third time in four matches they've done this? They certainly did this against Northampton a couple of weeks ago. I think the end of the season can't come quick enough for Bath. Yes. They just want to be done with it. Yeah. As for Harlequins, I mean, I'm not ready to say that they're a legitimately good team yet because I have a feeling they'll they'll embarrass me if I do. <laughs> but I feel that they might be. They're playing some good rugby. If, they they, are just, got if a, they're just as good as the sum of their parts, they should be bloody fantastic. They've well, got a good, well-balanced team well, at the moment. The, the the biggest difference you could argue with Quinns this year is, uh, and this definitely links to the other podcast that will be that will be in the feed about international versus club rugby and pulling and pulling, pulling and pushing in different directions. Four players, a four-player swing from England to club rugby makes a massive difference. I think it's something else, you know. So I was so, thinking uh, that, is, bear, that is bear, big. Bears in the changing room. Uh, yeah, something like that, which is I thought these guys were genuine contenders for relegation. I, th- I thought they would be struggling. a lot of people were saying that after about yeah, six yeah. after about six weeks. Even they were not looking good early doors. Well, well, one of the reasons for this is I just simply didn't think they liked each other. I don't think they wanted to play for each other. I thought there's lots of like different fractions in Harlequins, and they some, somehow seem to have healed. Whether they've healed around you know the bare iconography which they leave in the change rooms, I, I don't know. But they seem to like each other again, and that's really important. You know, if you're a team, you're gonna you're gonna have to get on. So I think it's probably more to do with that because the talent's there. That's for sure. Talent's definitely there. Both the experienced England guys and some of the young guys coming through, um, definitely there. I think Gustard just having a fresh face rather than kind of repeating the same old coaches from one internal post to another internal post to a playing post to Nick Evans, Nick Easter to a. A coaching post I think that just having the fresh faces around seems to have done very good don't know too much about the insides and outs but Harlequins are on a really good run of form they, they seem to be also engaging in um, some kind of genetic experiment uh, for England's rugby future because the uni rig Alex Dombrant who oh, what a breakout season who saw that coming and I'm gutted that Phil managed to pick him up on fantasy rugby draft especially because he's listed as a lock what a Is pick he? Up. yes oh such that's like he's probably Smart. he's probably MVP in he's not, fantasy rugby. He's not far off recently, especially considering the differential from him to your average lock. Yeah, is phenomenal. So you've got Alex Dombrant. His his girlfriend uh, is like a very very high performing netballer. Yeah, in is the football so super league. Let's please. Oh, just, which which team does she play for? Uh, sorry, sorry, whatever it is. Mm, sorry. We should uh, we should like publicly fund their their children because that, that's, a, are that's you an investment. Suggesting a you know? eugenics program, Tim. <laughs> get it, get it, it done. It's a very dark place. Get it done. Get it done. 
I'm not advocating anything legal. Well, so we, let's make it consensual, but let's get that done. <laughs> <laughs> so who are the netball? Who are the netball super league team in Manchester? Is it Northern Stor- uh, Thunder? Storm? Northern Thunder. Uh, Manchester Storm. Co- Manchester Storm. The Manchester Storm is ice hockey. Uh, Phil Neville's. It's Phil Neville's sister. It is, um, uh, Tracy Neville. Yes, T Nev. T Nev. Uh, and she does England too. T Nev. Surrey Storm. Manchester Thunder. Manchester Thunder. Yeah. Oh, he's been Northern Thunder. Loughborough Lightning. Wasps have got a team, haven't they? Yeah, Wasps netball. Uh, creatively titled. I quite like that. I quite like multi-sport clubs. I, I think Saracens, that, Mavericks. That there's a good little sync up between rugby and netball. It would be good. Yeah. Like every, every Premiership rugby club could have a netball team. It'd sort of run well, the two parallel. They do, it, they do would, a lot of work. these sports in in Spain, don't they? Like Real Madrid have a football team yeah, and a basketball team and the rugby team. What? And, and so do Barcelona. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Spain um, beat, beat Romania. Beat, beat Romania in the, yes. the rematch. Have that. Have that, you cheating scumbags. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you did. You know what you did. Yeah, delighted with that. And Absolutely we've, delighted. And Justice. W- and we haven't had our Tier 2 tour, but that hasn't stopped a lot of Egg Chasers listeners having stag do's and, and various trips. Because it's the best tournament to go and watch. To Belgium, to Madrid. We've had loads of people getting in touch. So we, we've started something and it's great. Someone sent me a picture of that stadium and I've been there twice now. Mm. Once just for a coffee with Phil to yes. meet the Spanish referees who met by accident and yeah. bored them to tears uh, <laughs> and other time to watch the game. Right? And I can honestly say it is one of the best stadiums that I've been to to watch rugby. It's old it school. Brilliant. It's just an amazing stadium. Yeah. I love it there. In fact, it, that's my number one choice to go of where to go to watch rugby during the Six Nations, including the Six Nations venues. So I've, I've actually uh, stumbled onto a Tier 1 tour Next weekend, I've uh, been offered tickets to go up to Edinburgh to go mm. and watch Scotland Wales. Nice, and I've which is... stumbled on, across tickets to is go that... to Scotland. Sorry, Wales Island. Nice. What, the, de- what, the decider. What day is that one? A Saturday. Super that's, Saturday. That's the Super Saturday in two that's weeks' time. And you're going this weekend. This yeah, coming weekend. That, that's the Sunday match. No, is the it? Saturday as well. So, so the... you, are you are you playing Vets Rugby Friday night though? That's the plan. Oh, nice. So play rugby. Play Vets Rugby Friday night, and then on Saturday morning get on a train to uh, Edinburgh. Yeah, so we've got some so we've got some big hitters playing in our Vets, Vets Rugby team. We've got have we? Well, we've got Paul Arnold. Is that only playing? <laughs> Paul Arnold 12, went on there. Wants to play 12, 12, Paul Arnold was the the other lock in the England Counties tour to Argentina with uh, with, with, uh, with London London Scottish's Nick Rouse. Is that right? Yeah. So well, well Nick Rouse is at a loose end now. Does he fancy a Vets game? He's <laughs> right age. Nick Rouse and Arnie in the in the centres. <laughs> yeah. Arnie wants to play twelve, doesn't he? he yep, yeah, he does. So uh, yeah, we've got some big hitters. Um, I don't think I can make it because I'm at Sale Sharks on Friday. I think you're at Sale Sharks on Friday as well, aren't you, Tim? I'm not working at Sale Sharks on Friday. No. Oh, you're not. I don't think. So wait, uh, is there a game happening? Yeah, yeah. The Vets game. Yeah, against Withenshaw. Where? In Withenshaw. In Withenshaw. Yeah. Are you working at Sale? Uh, I might do what I normally do, which is do the interviews, get in the car, and get to the get, get to the game. But I feel it's a bit. <laughs> do they rude. both kick off at the same time? Uh, yes. Uh, no, 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 no. Anyway, we can, we can, we yeah, can work we'll this out. out. We can work this out. Uh, just uh, so I reckon we look ahead to this week's domestic rugby on this podcast. Perfect. And look ahead to the Six Nations on the other podcast. Okay, fine. Let's do it. So come on then, Phil. Oh, by the way, Sean Edwards now not going to Wigan, it seems, and going to Wasps. Oh, interesting. I never put two and two together. I, f- I keep forgetting he's got a job at Wigan. Yeah, well, he had. He, yeah. He's clearly unless he's going to be doing a lot of travelling between uh, Coventry and Wigan. I don't think he's doing. I don't think he's doing Wigan. Anymore. Well, it's a poor show if he pulls out that Wigan job because he knew what he was getting into. 
and he knew that it'd be offers on the table from Union, so I won't have much time if he decides to renegade on that. Renegade. 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 Be a renegade. Re- renegade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that. fine, fine. Anyway. But yeah, I'm not, yeah, it's not, it's not good luck. Fixtures. Yes. So there's no Pro 14 next weekend. What? Devastated. Um, oh, well, next. We, we do have a full Gallagher Premiership, though. Okay. So, Friday night, two games. We've got Sale hosting Leicester Tigers. And Leicester, oh, Leicester, no, Leicester snuck the win. Leicester did not play particularly well. No, they, they didn't. Contributed to the, the sheer number of injuries they had in the back line. But they didn't play particularly well. Uh, so, give me Sale. Sale win this. Yeah. I don't know. Sounds like you. No, I don't know. Uh, I thought they were going to be extra, and they didn't. I, I, do you know? I don't think they're playing particularly well. I think they're a little bit off form, and if they're going to get jumped by Leicester, it'll be on Friday. They don't so. have a. They don't have a fly off, do they? Uh, sale. Uh, they might have by next have week. Have they not been tempted to put one of the young lads through like Redpath? Uh, Wilkinson, Wilkinson would be the one that they'd jump up. I don't think he's good enough yet. Is the answer? Mm. So I'm, I'm still going to go for sale. For sale at home against Leicester anyway. Yep. And uh, the other game is at the Wreck, Bath hosting Saracens. It's which, just what Bath need. Yeah. I oh. think this is going to be a Saracens win. Probably not. It's not going to be a big Saracens win, but a Saracens win nonetheless. I could, yeah, be very bathy to just sneak a win in this one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Saracens just. And then on Saturday, three games, two o'clock, Wasps host Newcastle, which I think Wasps will bounce back in this one. Newcastle were fired up. They had to be. And they still have to yeah. be in this game. I think they'll be very, very focused on their home games. Yeah. Because they're playing Sale at home, Bristol at home, last game of the season. I think they've got Quinns at home and Northampton at home. I think are their four home Google. games. Yeah. They beat Northampton away this year. Well. Don't, don't quote me on those fixtures, but I'm just thinking. Off top. But yeah, anyway, um, I, th- I think Wasps can do it. I, I think they were unlucky. They'll write some of the wrongs from that game, from the Leicester game. Um, yeah, just. Uh, JB, any thoughts on Wasps Newcastle? Not really. <laughs> Northampton host B- Bristol at two forty-five. Northampton host Bristol. Northampton at home. Now this this will be exciting if both teams yeah. play the way that they want to play. This uh, will be tries. This could be a forty fifty or something. Yeah, like that. this could be a hundred point thriller. Get all your Saints and Bristol players in fancy rugby yeah. draft this weekend. Yeah. yeah, I think that's going to be a very good game. Get your Bristol front row in the uh, in your fancy Dude, Bristol, rugby draft. Second best scrim in the league. Really, that's amazing, isn't it? Don't don't rub it in. I, I right so I pre-season I made I, I put a, pre-season I put a video up up saying I predict Bristol will finish ninth and their front row is dynamite. Okay. I then selected the Bristol front row in the fantasy rugby draft. So it's cheap then, isn't it? I then dropped them. Oh. And then Phil, Phil picked them up and has reaped the rewards ever since. I've I know. Been kicking myself. When Harry and, and, and I picked up Nick Tompkins, dropped him, and he got 50 Ooh. points this weekend. Yeah, 50 f- points. 46 Phil, points or something Phil, like that. Phil has just been lurking, and whoever <laughs> I've dropped, he's gone, I'm going to pick him up. because yeah, I've done You had Oli Thorley last year. I had Oli Thorley last side, year. Customer ignored him this year. Oh. I scoop in. I just need to go back to gut feeling. I think too much. When I just go off the cuff, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, right. Um, the other fixtures... 
Um, right, so, can I just explain what's going on? JB is so bored now. He's so excited to talk about the the, the, the World League uh, in the other podcast that we're doing. Well, no, I'm, I'm reading an advert. I'm reading an advert. I'm getting a, a script up for later. Okay. Go on. Uh, three o'clock on Saturday, we've got Worcester hosting Exeter, which if Worcester get anything out of that game, they'll be very lucky. Yeah. I think they've got to aim for getting one point, one losing bonus point, but I think they'll struggle. And Sunday will be interesting. So, unfortunately, there's... Oh, actually, so Sunday's very good. So, Sunday at 3 o'clock is the Ireland-France game, but Sunday at 1 o'clock is Harlequins-Gloucester. Nice! That will be an interesting game. So, it's third and fourth. Both That's com- a cracker of a game. Both competing with each other to see who's going to um, travel to Saracens and who's going to travel to Exeter. Yeah. I haven't seen much of Quinns actually this season. What I've seen has been very good. Yeah, it has recently. been very good, yeah. Marchant's playing really well. Yeah. Almost uh, whoever they put on the wing seems to play well. Ibatoya, Caden Murley, uh, Earls is playing well. Mike Brown's Ross played on the Chisholm wing. has been playing well. Yeah. Uh, what about, uh, what's his name? Tim Visser. Any sign of him? No, yet? no sign nope. of him or Charlie, or Charlie uh, and Walker. Yeah, Amazing. I was going to say Charlie Matthews, but he won't be playing Walker? on the wing. Hmm? When does Charlie Walker start a favour? Yeah. I'd love to know these things. So, that will be an interesting game. Mm. Give me Quinns. I, I would, yeah. I said this about the Bath-Quinns game last week, though. I said whoever's at home will end up sneaking it. But it's Quinn, a hot, hard Quinns won it. It is a I'll, very hard one to predict that. I'll say Quinns just at home. It's that Gloucester, that nuggety South African Gloucester pack. It's interesting, Paul Gustard as well, just like, will change a lot of guys. He, Marcus Smith, just like, he just swaps Lang and Smith over yeah, game, yeah. game by game. It's yeah, quite, yeah. I like I like James Lang, obviously because he came from RGC, but uh, I do like him. I think he's a quality operator and he's very, very fast. No, I'm going to say Gloucester are going to sneak Gloucester. it. I'm going to say Gloucester as well. There you go. Still, not, do not put any money in any of those predictions because they'll no. all be wrong. Too right. Uh, right, well, we're going to record another podcast um, which will be up. Uh, right now as you're listening to this so get, get it both listening to that one's going to be all about international rugby six nations and the world league that's caused the rugby world to spin off its axis this last week uh find him at jay beardmore find me at cocker find phil lurking somewhere on twitter in ready, your dms ready to slide into your dms find us at rugby podcast and let the boys play let the boys play Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.